<laughs> oh, by the way, I was trying to find where to make you an admin of the page, and uh, I'm old. <laughs> this is when I feel old, when I'm like, what the fuck? I've, since I've never actually looked at like the back of the facebook page where you actually do things and make changes and i can't find anything yeah do you i don't even think you use any of those pages or have used those pages before have you nope okay well that that explains that yeah um are you on celebritynetworth.net i feel like you should be if if monkey jones is on there then one of us is definitely on there and I know which one of us probably, but yeah. we'll see if it's both of us. Um, I, I've definitely come up on like a, a net worth search engine and they told me I was worth a million dollars. And I was uh, very flattered by that. I don't think that's yeah. accurate, but I, again, we said this just before we started the show, your net worth is actually the culminative things you own and their worth so if you have a house the house gets factored in yeah no you're not you, on there you, no i'm definitely not on it and you're not either no so you just let me talk myself up about being on the celebrity yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've definitely come up on one before and i know that you've come up on some indian search engine i think for actors yeah that's indian actors that's my uh twitter bio it's from that <laughs> where, yeah. where it says like uh an internationally renowned comedian and entertainer it's like oh yeah sure from <laughs> <laughs> yeah some yeah. some uh movie website in india picked up mass state lottery and you got added you got added as a an internationally renowned comedian and entertainer yeah no fucking weird Saudi website <laughs> where Masters is lotteries also that was the thing I think the, the someone added Master lottery and then someone added that as my bio I'm sure it was I'm sure it was how someone added that I'm six six on IMDb or whatever <laughs> yeah somebody um yeah. you know if you do type in Hans Lam on Google uh oh, you no. know can you just pull up this is who you get this is the first face you get and I swear I was convinced this was you for a moment, for a brief window of time. Uh, just click that. If you can pull that up right here on the uh, on the video. So the the, the vi video audience over at patreon.com slash lowres in the $5 tier can get a glimpse at Hans when you Google his name. The first image. This is how you know you've made it is when you do put your name in and you have your professional headshot as the first result. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that was during yep. your emo phase, I guess. That was me a uh, couple of uh, inches of hair ago. <laughs> uh, it kind of looks like a wig. Do you see the top of that? I mean, granted, we're zoomed in here. It's a low resolution it's photo. Very... It's very like it it's a thick mound of hair that begins right here. This looks real. Yeah, we do. This looks real. We we rest. do have a very similar face shape too. Uh, so I don't really see this as too far away from. Like if you see it there, that looks mm. like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Uh, I have a breaking update on one Kenny Dorsley, who we've hosted, formerly hosted in your case, uh, the program Old Boys with. Now, Kenny's been missing for about three and a half weeks, and people have been very worried about Kenny. Because Kenny is not known to drop off the map for several weeks, maybe three or four days, not several weeks. Phone has been off. Instagram, not active. Facebook, seemingly not active. But we actually have something here. We have something, and I'm going to send it to you uh, in a moment, Hans, if you can just pull this up. We do have some some evidence as to uh, where Kenny's whereabouts may possibly be so what, what, what do you think is happening with kenny here hans uh new um what's the what's the word i can use um vintage girlfriend <laughs> uh um what's uh, uh another name for vintage old old bitch <laughs> dating someone dating someone that's older uh and staying with them have you ever dated anybody older not dated been with uh and tried to but we had nothing in common because she was she was 28 and i was 20 21 and i i i mean i'm like this now now imagine what almost 15 years no 21 yeah like 16 years ago so it was worse trying to relate to a 28 year old that was all like into arts and shit didn't work at all <laughs> we would just sit and not talk about anything and then uh it's funny because so we stopped seeing each other and then six months later she messaged me she was like oh we should uh get a coffee or whatever and then we would for food and we just sat and stared at each other and not talk and i just ate the burger as quickly as i could and was like all right i'm out Oh, no. Uh, so uh, you kind of made it sound like you guys had never met before and then finally met in person or something. But no, it was, it was just awkward on the, it was on, just, on the reunion. We had nothing in common to begin with. Uh, so then six months go by where you don't talk to each other. And then it's like, oh, let's uh, let's meet up and and do the thing that we could never do when we were seeing each other, which is just talk and have food. And uh, yeah, that didn't work. So that was the the end of it what's this uh so this was a text message a screenshot of a text message conversation that was sent to me between one of kenny's loved ones and another of kenny's loved ones so kenny's been hiding his posts from certain parties uh and uh he's got a brand new switch isn't that exciting 10 hours ago kenny's got a new switch his sister wrote not sure why he's ghosting everyone his last post was 10 hours ago. And then whoever sent me this exchange started uh, rightfully complaining. So that's that's what is going on in Kenny's world. That's why there hasn't been a new episode of Old Boys in about a month. Uh, we are dropping those week by week now on Spotify. So check that out, I guess. Um, so he's yeah. playing Switch. That's why he's disappeared. He's just playing what a Pokemon on his Switch? What he he must be playing Animal Crossing. He must be. I don't know. But brought, he wrote wrote uh, ten hours ago. Brought another Switch. I think he meant bought. For some reason, on the way home, I was promising it wouldn't rage quit on. I wouldn't rage quit on it. And then there's a smiley face at the beginning. So he's playing online. So he's he has Fortnite. I guess. Right? He's been Is that's that a, what you play on that's Switch? A, that's a free game. That's all I know. I don't know. <laughs> so 
Yeah, you don't have to pay for it. You can play without paying for the the thing, the subscription. So maybe it's that. Maybe he just he got lost in Fortnite. It happened. Lost. It happened to Jerry for like a year and a half with Grand Theft Auto. He got lost in Grand Theft Auto. He pulled himself out. Yeah, it happens sometimes. You get you get lost in these holes. He troned himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or so, Matrix himself. I guess. Would you hold on? What did you say? Twenty eight and twenty two. Like in my head, obviously now I'm like, yeah, that ain't that big of a gap. But when you're the 22 year old, I think it's a pretty significant gap. And it, actually, I guess when you're the 28 year old, 28, you're a real adult in my opinion. Yeah. 22, you're you're not. You're like a high school subsidiary human. And she was also into a lot of just old shit. Like we we met at this bar that would well, play like Shirley old Temple. Yeah, it was like Beatles and like that type, only that type Sammy of music, like 50s, 60s, mm -hmm. which I had zero interest in. Did you ever go to a rockabilly diner where they served milkshakes on roller skates? <laughs> yeah, to get hot dogs that taste like shit because they're supposed to be like the old recipe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those places are great, right? $20 for a hot dog and a milkshake that I can't drink because of my diabetes. You know what I've been looking into lately is ghost kitchens. I just watched this video by Eddie Burback, who I can't stand for the life of me. Um, he's just got like sexual assaulter physiognomy. You know, he's got that look in his eye like he wouldn't do a serious sexual assault, but he would, you know, maybe creep a finger around in a girl's panties while she's asleep. He just looks like that. I wouldn't say he would do that. But he looks like that. He looks like that kind of guy. Oh, my God. That is not that's not Eddie Burbank, but that looks like probably what he looks like under that mustache. Also, this is a this comically is. large mustache for a man. I think that's too. That's don't go to the Luigi one. That's clearly fake. Um, but his actual mustache is far too big. This one. Yeah. What do you think about a mustache like that? That's clearly intended to be a beard. And he just shaved it into a mustache. It's so unruly. I can't, I'm uh, uh, jealous because I can't grow up <laughs> because this is as good as it gets with me. So I can't be like, oh, that's a shitty mustache because I can't grow that shit. But it envelops so much of his face. Yeah. It takes up a whole like sixth think, of his face. Do you think it's got like a very long upper lip area? It probably digs into his nose hairs pretty quick if he goes without grooming it for a week so who is this person eddie burback he's very youtube popular right now and he's like one of these like joe biden youtubers you know he's he sucks i don't like eddie burback um not just because he's another guy with a mustache either but uh, i've never been oh, a fan of his yeah this is the one that you posted in your stories that i was like who's that because yeah i said, said the most hateable youtuber it's eddie burback and it is, but he, he had a, he had a video that got recommended to me and I was like, you know what? I've actually never watched an Eddie Burback video. My entire Eddie Burback experience is through Twitter. Let me take a look at this guy. Oh, and he was on like a couple of podcasts or something or somebody who, who I know. And I checked out the video. It was about ghost kitchens. And I was like, this one? yeah, 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 yeah. And it was an all right video, oh, but he's God. not a tolerable character. In my opinion, I think he's a very dark, sinister guy. He's he's one of these guys that's like, I'm just a nice guy, but like very dark, passive aggressive beneath all of that. Mm. So something I was thinking about recently, because I tried ordering from a breakfast place because I stay up very late sometimes and then I get hungry at five in the morning. 
And in New York, there were so many options. And I saw a new breakfast option. And it was called Breakfast Beauties. And I was like, Breakfast Beauties? That's, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Is that like a Chinese person decided, to, like a Chinese family bought a diner, a Greek diner, and they rebranded as Breakfast Beauties? Um, was it Beauties with a Y-S? <laughs> yeah, it was like a beauty salon. Um, no, but I mean the, the, the spelling because the they're yes, foreign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I looked at the photos and all the photos had this orange backdrop. Which I then like prompted a tweet. It reminded me of the 40 year old virgin poster with Steve Carell and how they started just doing all these goofy guys. Yeah, you found it. Yeah. Okay, Breakfast Beauties. Well, don't, don't, we don't have to blow up their, their spot, but I guess it's too late now. And as it turned out, I was like, where is this place? So I Googled the address, which is always a scary thing to do in New York. If you're going to order online through uber eats and then you you google the address you never want to find out the place you've been ordering from is a dump and that's happened before with chinese restaurants especially can i can i can i just uh do like a little side here eighteen dollars for a breakfast sandwich it's a Am burger I... breakfast sandwich you're looking jesus at, the fuck yeah that i mean am, am i just uh thinking of the last time i was there where i would pay like three bucks for a breakfast sandwich at dunkin donuts and i see these twelve dollars has everything changed that much or is this just it, it's a, i mean honestly eighteen dollars for a, a bacon burger it seems like a lot of money but that's kind yeah. of the standard okay that's new York it is prices. unfortunately yeah um so i googled the address of this place and it's a diner i've ordered from before that is operating a ghost kitchen and the diner wound up on an episode of hell's kitchen oh no so i think they're hurting and they're trying to do these ghost kitchen rebrands to make money and you can just fill up uber eats with several of these eddie burback's video is pretty uh illuminating as far as that goes because there was a ghost kitchen that had i think something like 46 search results in the same uber eats engine and you could go and order a steak, or you could order a hamburger, you could order a, a fish fillet sandwich, you could do all these things. And it was all the same place, but posing as a, uh, you know, an, their own establishments. And this is a trend, like this is a very popular thing in New York, and certainly LA, clearly. Mr. Beast. Yes. So they just, so they just create multiple restaurants, but with just different branding, but it's yeah. the same place. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and they offer essentially the same food. Mr. Beast's whole operation kind of brought that into the public eye because Mr. Beast Burger operated in the kitchens of establishing restaurants. So mm. everyone, I guess, got the idea if they weren't thinking it already. Let's do that. And uh, it's kind of spooky. Did you end up? getting a breakfast beauty i did sandwich. not get a breakfast beauty no i did not not especially not for 18 dollars. i'm pretty sure they <laughs> yeah. sold burgers at the diner for like a, a far more reasonable amount too but they all do these photos is what i was getting at before mm -hmm. where the backdrop is a little too dressy a little too well photographed almost um they think about the backdrop because they can't just show wherever they would typically show with their kitchen and they do these blue orange or patterned backgrounds for all of their food. I'm looking for your tweet. So like, oh, here it is. Yes, Hans is pulling up the Twitter right now. 
Um, just to give a visual cue to those. So yeah, that is exactly how they photograph their food is like these posters from 2005. There it is. <laughs> there you go. What the fuck is this with Ed Helms? Where is this from? What that movie is, is that? from uh, Cedar Rapids, I believe. Oh, wow. Is that one of those attempts at making him a leading comedy man yeah. after after the hangover? It was around that time. They tried to give him the lead role Vacation. on The Office after Steve Carell left. He's always just and felt then... like off-brand Steve Carell. Mm. And in some ways, I actually think he's probably funnier than Steve Carell. But um, didn't they they give him the uh, vacation franchise pretty much as like he was going to be? Yeah, he's he was the new. Well, his character was Anthony Michael Hall in the original Vacation movie, and he was supposed to take the lead with that. But that movie flopped. That movie was a yeah. big old dud. Did not perform well. Did you see it? <laughs> yeah, I watched it. I love the yeah. uh, all the vacation movies, except for Cousin Eddie's Christmas Vacation Two. That one's you, bad. Did you see it? Of course, I saw it. I saw it the day it premiered on NBC. It was like a made-for-TV movie. Eric Idle was in it. We should, if we ever bring back Civic TV, I feel like that is a must-watch. Do you think that? Well, because I was thinking, if we end up shooting anything again anytime soon. We should just do like commentary and record it. I don't know why I'm telling you this while we're recording this, but just like well, do like commentary, matter. commentary tracks while we watch a movie and just record it. Well, that was, that was one of our original plans with Mass State before we were like, oh, actually, this is going to require every second of our attention. And then yeah. whenever we're not shooting, we need to rest and eat. Yeah, we're exhausted at three in the morning. We feel like being funny. Three in the morning. <laughs> we got to stay. We got to wake up at 8 a.m. and go to this beach. We got to shoot here. We got to do that. Uh, everything always goes off the rails whenever you're actually shooting and you're shooting with a group of guys and it's not union, you know, it's a non-union production. Well, that just means like, okay, everybody should be in bed at seven o'clock and everyone's actually up drinking until one, two, three in the morning. Tim yeah. Stabers is telling me about the history of Charlie Chaplin at four thirty, <laughs> and we got to get up at nine. <laughs> you know, that was, that was Mass State part yeah. two. Anyway, shoot number two, Mass State Lottery's done. It's done. It's over. Yeah, it's coming out. Coming out tonight. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna upload it to YouTube tonight and put it out so people will shut the fuck up. <laughs> When's it coming out? It'll come. Here it I is. mean, here's the thing. I understand. I completely understand. Um, but my approach with this movie has been the same as uh, how an author would write a novel, and that's not always the most exciting thing for uh, an eager audience. Of course not. Maybe I dropped the second trailer a little too soon, but I kind of felt like interest was waning. Hmm. And uh, I wanted to put something out that would show Buddy. Yeah. And we got more with Buddy that nobody has seen. We've got so much new stuff from um, subsequent shoots of like reworking certain aspects of the movie that was not featured in the first two trailers. And I don't know. I, it, it's coming. It's done. But it's coming still, you know, it's in the process of being tweaked and adjusted accordingly to make it uh, most appetizing to people with 
at least uh, dozens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to spare. So hang tight. How, did you hate it yet? Mm -mm. No, you're not sick of. No, I, I, I my opinion has only gone and improved with every single viewing. Because when when I the the worst thing and Skip said this when we did his show, Monkey's show with him, um, the most like agonizing process is watching that first cut because mm -hmm. it's far from polished first of all and you're still quite quite far off from what that finished film will will be and look like because you're essentially reading your first draft back to yourself and boy howdy did was that truer than ever that was a miserable experience i was like oh no <laughs> no. oh no oh this um, hype that you didn't create it's it's shit how many yeah. times do you go to bed thinking oh no it's shit i well i here's the thing i didn't even <laughs> think it's shit right there were things yeah. with it that i was like i can remove that that's not good this has to go this has to get clipped this has to get tweaked it was more a matter of like this is all over the place how am i ever going to straighten this out into something coherent you know, yeah. and something that's like functional as a as a movie, because the first cut came in at four hours. The work print cut came in at four hours or so. And at first I was like, OK, before I even previewed that and finished assembling it, my my gut instinct was it's either too short or it's going to be too long. And I felt 80 percent sure it was too short. And then I was dead wrong. I was <laughs> wronger than ever. Uh, and it's such a confusing and elaborate process to assemble a film because you, some, then you have to shoot more to shorten it. Mm -hmm. You have to shoot more to get rid of swaths of the film. So when the movie's done and it's out and people have that version in their hands, because I went into a physical media release, there's still going to be like two and a half hours of the movie just floating around on hard drives that nobody will ever see. And that's kind of interesting. You think not, it's for the best? No, I, some of it, yes. Some of it, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. there, some of my favorite stuff that we shot is not going to be in the movie. Some of the funniest, and this kills me, it kills me um, that I can't include it. There's some Do really funny, very... No, I'm not. I'm not going to reveal it because just in case, what if I put it out as a deleted scene or something? And okay. I'd rather not. I don't want the smoke if we're not going to get the benefit of it. You know, there's some like very funny jokes in in the movie that you would never see in a ma mainstream movie that unfortunately had to get cut. Not because I'm thinking, oh, this is going to make it harder to sell. Because fuck that, yeah. um, the money. I got to Also, I got to turn down that movie. I got offered the lead role in. Oh, I, no. I yeah, I got offered the lead role in a movie that's shooting starts shooting this week, and I got offered like a very good amount of money for it, and for a sh pretty short period of time for shooting, and uh, it's just gonna fuck up Omega Fish Corp if I take it. So I can't I can't do that. I have to I have to make that money some other way and put it into what we were planning for fall. Um, but as far as like the content of Mass State Lottery goes, it just had to do with story and with the structure of what is now the timeline of the movie. There was no room for it. It wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense to have this. And oh, it really bums me out. But 
I think the movie's probably better as a whole for it. So do you think that's going to end up uh, some uh, compilation of deleted scenes on YouTube? Because, I mean, I don't want to spoil what you want to do with the release, but I don't think that has room for deleted stuff, right? Usually, I don't, I don't know yet. Because the original plan was that I was going to take the unused footage from Mass State Lottery because there's so much of it. And I was going to turn, and this was your idea, yeah. I was going to turn it into like a three-episode warm-up series. Yeah. But I kind of feel like if I were to do that, it undercuts the movie. So I don't think I'm going to do that now. I might do something like like that, or I'll I'll pick a handful of deleted scenes that I thought were great and put them on the Blu-ray. But um, for the most part, I think whatever's in the movie is in the movie, and that'll probably be that unless I think of something else. Maybe if there's a Mass State Lottery 2, which I don't know how that would work, but um, we obviously it's been a recurring joke on these podcasts. But if that were to ever happen, maybe if something could be made of use from that. But even now, we're, we're I also kind of feel like leave the past in the past, let that sit, let that be its own thing. Maybe if the opportunity presents itself, show some of them. But um, I don't know. It's a big question mark. Yeah. So. Maybe this year, I guess, is what you're saying. No, it's coming out this year. It's absolutely <laughs> okay. coming out this year. We're not, even if I have to upload it to Amazon Prime or something like that, if nobody wants to bite and release it this year, the only way it doesn't get released this year is if somebody buys it and they go, actually, we'd love, we'd love this for spring. Hmm. That's it. For January. For it'd be January, <laughs> January 2025. Yeah. No, I I don't know. Uh, I've I've got some potential bites, but things have to be done in the meantime. Yeah. So this year, that's good. It's. Do you feel ready to move on from it? Oh yeah, I've been feeling ready to move on from Mass State for the last year and a half. I have. I mean, I moved. I moved on to OFC, but it's still this this shadow that's just lingering behind me. The whole time like hey hold on don't and don't forget after after the experience of taking care of pretty much everything that has to do with the edit and shooting it and everything is this how you want to continue working and what i mean by that is uh because now on the on the new thing you're doing uh you might not edit everything and you're not directing everything right so no I, I, well here's here's the full situation i'll be very uh transparent about it um g and i are both we're you know we're getting co-credit on everything that we did to, we wrote the script together and it was really 50 50. i'll say that the directing has been like i don't really want to give a percentage because i don't want um mm -hmm. you know but uh i would say that i've done most of the directing and g has done most of the editing so that is how we're kind of separating the creative control over this project. And that's kind of a spooky thing if you're the director sometimes, because yeah. then you're thinking to yourself, like, what am I doing this for? Because I don't have control over how like the first layout is going to be. But that's not the case. I was worried about that at the very beginning, but that's not the case. So um, there's equal space for what's being done with Omega Fish Corp. And... Um, how it's being worked out and how it's being ironed out. The original plan with that too, is that there were going to be two different versions of it. We were going to do a feature cut and a series cut. And I think it's just going to be a series cut for now. 
there might be um, some variation of that, but um, for future projects anyway, I probably wouldn't want to do like, I wouldn't no, I wouldn't direct a film that I didn't have a final cut of the edit of, you know, or um, if I were to do a series solo and direct something, uh, all six episodes of it, I would yeah. handle the edit for that. I would want it to be one in one, but in a collaborative process where you have um, basically like a team of people who are pioneering different segments of it, who are experts at every facet of whatever it is that they were working on. It's best to stay out of their way and let them do their thing because then the thing can breathe and you can be very surprised by certain results because they're going to think of things you would never think of doing. Hmm. And it's going to come across far better probably than if you were to like put your finger in every single pot. Right. So if that's what that is, then I say lean into that. But if it's a solo project, if it's a solo directing thing, it's going to be run a different way. And the next project is probably going to be the latter, right? Oh yeah, I definitely need some breathing space after Omega Fish Corp. I've been, <laughs> I've loved working on OFC, but I I definitely need to like, you know, stretch my muscles a bit and get back to the old ways. Yeah. So that is that's what I'm interested in doing right now. And then I'll come back and I'll I'll do probably another thing. I'll maybe season two of OFC or we'll do some sketches or something. Um, you know, I, I, but I, the control freak in me and just like wanting to make a hundred percent of the decisions is craving hopping into a, a new movie and that new movie will hopefully shoot later this year. So that's the plan for now. Um, uh, what about you, Hans? What do you, what do you want to do, Hans? I don't know. Anything that would get me consistent work without having to actually work. I should have recommended you for that that movie instead maybe i yeah. could do that can you fly in tomorrow and work for about 20 days i mean what's the price what yeah. would be what would be the minimum price you'd consider 20 days of work in new york city for a lead role but you have to learn like every page everything almost every page well what you're getting will be enough honestly yeah i think so i mean do you want me to recommend you no i recommend i recommended <laughs> no. another actor who i worked with on mass state lottery and omega fish corp who i think would be great but uh if you want the if you want the bite no that's all right that's i don't think uh, from what i've i mean you yeah uh, i don't even want to say anything because i don't want to uh, like burn bridges for you or whatever. I think I've already, I, I might've already burnt that bridge by, okay. uh, cause I, I initially accepted the offer and then I started um, rehearsing and I, it, I came to the realization like this character's energy is so different from my character's energy on Omega Fish Corp. And I still have three weeks of shooting Omega. It's going to shoot at the exact same time. So I'm looking at like weekdays working on the film and then weekends where we would be shooting Omega Fish Corp. And first of all, I'm going to be miserable for a whole month. I'm just going to be fucking exhausted and grumpy. And that's yeah. not going to be good for anybody. And it's also probably going to conflict with what I'm doing on Omega Fish Corp, where my directing is going to be impaired. And my performance is going to be maybe inconsistent because this character's more high energy 
and uh, kind of an asshole piece of shit. And this character is more lower energy and kind of a piece of shit. I'm getting typecast a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm not a good enough actor to play an asshole. So, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, I, I only play sweet boys. <laughs> only sweet characters. Only sweet boys. <laughs> Devlin is a, a pretty sweet boy. Yeah, if you put yeah. some things aside. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I wouldn't mind if, if somebody's shooting something else and they can pay me. I would be down for that. It's just a matter of two things at once. Timing. Yeah, that's what sucks. Hmm. Especially because you have so much weight put on what you do at Omega Fish. Like if you were just acting on it then it probably wouldn't be that big of an issue with the fact that you have to run the set while also trying to remember lines and acting on something that's completely different. Yeah, that doesn't sound... Yeah. Unless yeah. it was an offer that you couldn't refuse. You know, they were like, oh, here's 20, 30,000 bucks or something. Then That's an offer I couldn't... Re I mean, for 20 days, that's that's honestly pretty good. That's That's as good as what like real Hollywood players of the past anyway, used to get like, if you hire Eric Roberts, we've talked about him plenty of times. Um, I was getting paid better than Eric Roberts for sure. Um, it was probably going to be somewhere around like a John Cusack range, modern John Cusack, if you want John Cusack on your film. But I wonder how much Corey Feldman is getting. I bet you a good amount. Yeah. More than you'd think. So yeah, I'm looking at yeah. What does Sean Astin get paid to work on Corey Feldman's music videos? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> They're just buddies, so he, you know, he does. He uh, does it for free. He does them. Yeah, solid. he does it for him. He just looks <laughs> like a dad at a sex party <laughs> in that video. Yeah, where he's just. Just chubby dad from uh, Stranger Things. And then it's just a bunch of girls in underwear dancing around his mansion that he rented. Or I don't know if that's his house. Uh, but he's that, just... that, I, I don't think, I mean, Corey had a pretty big house at some point. I don't, I don't know what has sustained it, but he seemed to be living pretty decently for a well-documented well period of time. My, one of my favorite stories is how um, I guess Corey Feldman was up for Sean Astin's part in Lord of the Rings, which would have been so peculiar to see that happen. And Corey auditioned for it. They ultimately went with Sean Astin. And Sean Astin was like, you know, I know that role meant a lot to you, but I really needed this. And it's like, did Corey Feldman... Corey Feldman needs Needed. a lot. He needs, first of all, like psychiatric treatment. He needs medical treatment. He ne he needs a lot of different things. Oh, that's kind of scary looking. Damn, his face is. How much did they there get him. paid? Nothing. Drugs. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just like a a. a a wrinkly shirt like it's not even like care enough to iron his shirt it's just a this is a wrinkly shirt at, at your house that shirt probably and, isn't uh, even his uh, it looks too small did you know you shouldn't oh, be able it, to lift your hands up and see a man's gut first of all look at the sides here that that cannot that's probably Corey's shirt he probably lent him that shirt to wear also <laughs> 
I just realized that what he does is throw a little asthma pump and then he takes a so he humiliates himself in front of cool Corey. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, Corey's so cool. He wears leather jackets to sleep. He's like, here's your fucking asthma pipe, dork. And he just humiliates himself for his friend. Do those, are the gloves he's wearing, do they end mid-hand or are they just small gloves? I think they're just little. <laughs> oh, no. He couldn't fit the full <laughs> glove on. They're probably Michael's gloves. You know, that he Michael when he was a child, maybe. Look at this it doesn't even come down to his wrist. Let me see. Yeah, there. Oh no. Well, at least he's keeping busy, I guess. He was on the Mayim Bialik podcast six months ago. She was the girl who played Blossom and went on the Big Bang Theory. I think she's hosting Jeopardy now. They abused me. I learned to forgive. That's very convenient when you didn't put out your documentary outing Spielberg or whoever the hell he was outing as like the infamous Hollywood pedos. Wasn't it um, uh, uh, Tiger Blood guy, Charlie Sheen? It was Charlie Sheen. Oh, yeah. Charlie Sheen was the big name he dropped. It was like, oh, wow. Charlie Sheen fucked Corey Haim. Ah, juicy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that guy that everyone thinks is a great. Guy. The guy who got HIV yeah. from going to Thailand. Wow. You're, you're <laughs> no really, way. Whew, there's some ground that's broken in there. Yeah. He I broke a lot of parts. It. His fan base. How would they recover? You know, he's got such a good <laughs> reputation, that Charlie mm-hmm. Sheen. But uh, yeah. from that story, you know, what Charlie Sheen told Corey Haim, who was like 14 or 15 at the time when he was doing Lucas, he was like, yeah, all the guys do it in Hollywood. All the guys, all the guys, let me fuck them in Hollywood. He took him behind a trailer and fucked him up the ass, and then resumed takes. What a professional! <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even remember my lines because I was cold. But Charlie, no, not Charlie. No, Charlie's <laughs> not faced by anything. Nope, he fucks a boy, and then five minutes later, he's reciting a monologue <laughs> in front of the camera. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That choreography book is very interesting. That was Corey Feldman's biography, of course, choreography. He kind of subtly outs Joel Schumacher as being a pedo, too, as like the first male-male sexual experience he had was on The Lost Boys. And he's he said, I won't name any names. But it's like you have the most flamboyant gay director in Hollywood history as the as the as the guy who's helming the project, and he casts Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we should get Corey on this show. Not after this. I don't think he would. He do won't it. listen. <laughs> he would do it. He would absolutely do it. He would want money, maybe, but he would do it. Is he on? Can we get here's we're not doing this segment again because we lost like a whole 25 minutes of just looking at who was on Cameo. <laughs> Uh, but you can you can arrange live chats with people from cameo.com. And if we were just to record that or clear that, that would be uh, something we could do for the show. But well, only person- if it was somebody like Corey Feldman. Only if it was somebody big like that. A personal video is $250. For, from Corey? Yeah. That's not that bad. Um, so, damn, he must be getting paid a lot to to go to set. 
And by a lot, I mean a lot for somebody in Corey Feldman's bracket. Coming to you live and direct from my very special secret quarantine place during COVID-19. And I have a very special video message for Hope and Sam Spence. I wanted to congratulate you on your big day. And I know that you're very special. What is this Jermaine Jackson, Your Majesty <laughs> fucking robe he's in? And the reason I know this information. Hey, what's up? This is Corey Feldman, and I'm coming to you live and direct from my studio here in Here's where the magic happens. And this is where all the magic His basement. Happens. Oh, he said it. Oh. Have a very special video. Look at the soy sauce hair. Great. For Daniel and Anne-Marie. What's up, Daniel and Anne-Marie? How are you guys doing? His face looks rushed. like when you go He's see really a play, and they have right a young now. actor playing an old actor, and they fill in yeah. the frown lines with a pencil. But it's natural. It's just drug abuse. Old hands. <laughs> That's where you can't hide your age. Don't show your hands. Yeah. Look at this lady. Look at this lady. He can't here. be that old. Do you think he's what in his sixties? No. He's I think he's hardly fifty. He's fifty-two. Yeah. Okay. He's, he is fifty-two. Because I remember he was on The Surreal Life 20 years ago and getting married to like when his, his second or third wife. And he wasn't that old on it. He was only in like his 30s at the time. Doesn't this give you like Tommy Wiseau vibes? I was thinking Charlie Sheen. The glasses oh. and the hair feel very Charlie Sheen. But yeah, he, he's got a Tommy Wiseau thing going. Yeah. He what is this next one? Damn, he, he had like a Superman haircut for the next one, but that's all right. I don't think we're losing anything by not seeing it. That's when there. he done he, himself up that day in the studio. He, he washed his face, yeah. He became what he hates, Charlie. <laughs> well, no, Charlie didn't fuck him. Charlie fucked uh, Haim, right? Yeah, Charlie fucked and killed his best friend. <laughs> yeah. He blamed Charlie Sheen on the death of Corey Haim. He was like, this is your fault. You did this. It's 40 years ago. There's, listen, at least I guess you get a uh, bang for your buck with these cameos because it says that his average video length is three minutes, three and a half minutes. Uh, so I guess $250, three and a half minutes for a legend. The, he, <laughs> well, he's good. kind of a legend. Yeah. You do, do you think when, obviously this will be very, very far in the future, when Corey passes that everything will be wiped out from essentially when he was like 16 years old onward and we'll just remember <laughs> oh yes Corey feldman the legend yeah just the like best the little, child actor like the little rascals it's like we don't know what happened to them when they yeah. grew up <laughs> no, you just immediately Corey. whitewash everything alfalfa did and how he got shot for stealing for trying to give someone a stolen dog and saying this is your dog and he's like that ain't my dog and he's like no this is your dog Give me a hundred dollars, and then the guy just shot Alfalfa in the face. I think uh, if Alfalfa had done this, we would still be talking about him. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like this is pretty memorable. Like how how do you erase performances like this one? <laughs> but it's better without sound too, because it's just. <laughs> It's Come on, so he's great. how do you can't erase this from history? I guess so not. I don't think no, you're right. 1.9 million. I'm not gonna, views. I'm not gonna play the audio because I'm sure he would, uh, report. Oh, yeah, YouTube it, will flag sure it immediately. 
This yeah, is like one but, of those uh, motivational songs that a high school teacher who thinks they are in touch with today's generation plays before class starts. Yeah, and he dresses exactly how an, a 50-year-old would think a young person, <laughs> a cool young person will dress. It's like a Skyrim character, but oh, gay. <laughs> hold on. He performed Cry Little Sister, the song from The Lost Boys. This is in 2022. This is re like recent. Can we, all right, let's hear this. This won't get flagged, I don't think. Because this is a live performance. These performances are golden. I love how seriously he takes himself. <laughs> this is Kevin K. Well, his angels have definitely looked better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Looks like David Johansson. Yeah. You got Mickey Rourke there in bass. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's playing the Lost Boys in the background. I see. Did he get approval no. from warner brothers to do <laughs> no. that so Corey, if you want to flag us we can play that game back <laughs> is he just warming up is he just get, getting into yeah. vampire mode he didn't get bit you didn't get bit Corey. your guy lived it turns around he's got plastic teeth <laughs> you can't sing, sing. With those, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot just a lot of spitting <laughs> oh no he just put something in his mouth uh -oh. no he didn't hold on all right fucking hurry up drum freaking dramatic Can we get to it oh, <laughs> yeah. hand up of course oh, oh okay oh, hold oh. On. it's coming see that. maybe he put his dentures in <laughs> maybe he had to do some polygrip Well, he, he does look like a vampire, so I guess. You know who he looks like? He looks like the off-brand version of the saxophone player in Lost Boys with that hair. <laughs> what is it? I still believe? Is that the song? Yeah, yeah. He just undid his hair. Okay, get to it. Jesus, he's really soaking up the energy. Of the... I bet you if you got the reverse oh. shot of that, there's like six older women in the audience. Let's let, let's pump this up. Let's hear this. Well, at least he sounds good. Was he doing an English accent at the beginning of the song? <laughs> oh no! Oh! I love that he thinks he has range. <laughs> and, and then he just... Oh, the fan! Alright, fan shot. That's cool. Okay, I think we're yeah. good here. I think yeah, we get the idea. God damn, that sucked. I want, I want that camera to turn <laughs> and see the audience. I want to see who's in there. Please, we need to see who showed Cause, up to this. Because you hear, oh, you hear like five, six people. Okay, okay. so this is definitely not a big venue because they're right there. So this is a bar. You know the oh. There it is, yep. 
Okay. This, this, see, this is a bar, and then people showed up and were like, wait a minute, Corey Feldman? He's here? Okay. He's, all, he, he's alive? Yeah. <laughs> let's get let's get some cell phone videos of this. We got to get the iPhones out. This is like literally one, like you get two iPhones pointed at them. There's probably like five total, and the rest are just like standing with their backs turned, ordering drinks. How many people do you think went? Holy shit! Is that Goonies? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you enough people have confused him for Corey Haim at these venues. Wow. Oh, wow. Good wow. work, Corey. He got paid well for that, I bet. Yeah, I'm glad he's out there, I guess, uh, doing, what, three-hour performances, just singing songs multiple times. Mm -hmm. uh, he was doing that before the pandemic. I remember hearing a, a radio show where they went to it just as a joke, and it's like, yeah, if, if one song, like, what, what is that? Uh, Ascension Millennium, I think he played, like, twice, because he doesn't have, like, I think he has like two albums, but who he knows his song? The single before the album was done. Yeah, so he he would just play that song at the beginning, and then if people ironically would ask for another song, he would just play that song again because I guess they don't, you know, rehearse. He's got nothing else. He only supplied one track, and he's lip syncing. So what do you yeah. what do you expect? Did you just heard that that voice? He needs. The auto tune. He needs something to smooth him out in post production because otherwise it ain't gonna sound too good. He needs to do that thing the rappers do where the song just plays in the background and then they just like do the chorus or like every end of the sentence word. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. any Jay Z concert you show up at. He's yeah, too yeah. big to be actually singing. Just him on the stage giving you his presence is enough. Yep, you Same go to a stadium. <laughs> you said little Jay Z was just rapping half of his songs and yep, same performance they should expect from Corey Hay uh, Corey Feldman. But See, exactly. I think everyone's doing that at these venues. They go, wait a minute. I loved Lucas. I love what else was a Corey Haim film? Silver Bullet. Oh, hey, we got invited to go do a show we haven't done this year on Silver Bullet. What is it? Uh, Drunk on Movies. Nice. Silver Bullet is that uh, Stephen King, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, then that's that's my favorite. I'm wearing like a Gary Busey kind of shirt today. I feel like I look yeah. like Wendigoon on this. I was thinking, I want to box <laughs> Wendigoon. I would fucking yeah. crush Wendigoon. It would. How big be do close. you think he is? Probably not big. He's probably like five eight. You know, he seems like a stocky five eight. He's all right. Um, I don't mind Wendigoon. I'll tune into a Wendigoon video every so often. But he's got to get. He, I I just don't like any YouTuber with long hair. You know. According to the internet, he's 5'7". Oh, all right. I was very close. He's just yeah. got that vibe about him. You know, I, anytime someone's... And I will consider his hair long hair. I think I think high and tights need to make a comeback. Who's that long guy? Moist Critical? Don't yeah. like his haircut either. He's a little fella. Well, that's not fair. His His girl there <laughs> is wearing heels, you know. And that's always a treat for the man if your girl is taller than you. Everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah when you're already kind of short and then your girl is taller than you, mm -hmm. it's great. Great look. That's the Henry Zabrowski. Uh, he's got like a six foot tall girlfriend. And he's already, you know, a little guy, but then she'll wear heels or something. So he's extra micro. Wait, so why did we mention Wendigo? <laughs> oh, I want to box Why do you want to fight him? Doing? Oh, yeah. But like, I, yeah, I would. All I, right, I you're sure. My, my opponent you're... is Wendigoon. 
I think that would be good. I've got a couple inches on Wayne Dagoon, though. I don't know if we would technically be in the same weight class or... Uh, well, depends on depends on who puts on the uh, event, right? Didn't uh, Chris Reagan get up beaten up by someone that was like six inches taller than him? <laughs> yeah, who did That's they get great. for that? Uh, some some guy. I don't know. I I, I think they I don't gave know him KSI. Any they gave him KSI. <laughs> <Yeah>. KSI. <laughs> they say, hey, listen, we pulled Froggy Fresh. Yeah, sorry, we got KSI. <laughs> We got a guy that's been fighting for five years who's six five and all muscle and uh good luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I would pay to watch that match. Um yeah, no, uh what was I where where was that before? It just the shirt. You were mentioning your Magnum PI shirt. Magnum PI. Yeah. Uh it was something before that though. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. That's it, it's it's gone. It's lost. Lucas, Lucas, George Lucas, man, he loves eating black pussy. Is he back? Is he back? <laughs> We're so fucking back. We're How so fucking black. How old is fucking George Lucas? Is he like gonna die? No, nah, he he'll hang in there until he buys back Star Wars. I I heard that through the grapevine, and through the grapevine, I mean like TMZ or somewhere that Disney was thinking maybe we just sell this thing off. Maybe we get rid of this thing. And who's going to buy it? George Lucas. How do you think about him after you, as a filmmaker, after you separate him from Star Wars? Like if you remove Star Wars, Mm. because you have, what do you have? American Graffiti? You have THX. He only directed the first one, right? Yeah. No, wait. Director. I I thought he directed Return. Oh, oh, uh, from the original trilogy, I mean. The no, he did uh, a new hope. I always thought he did a new hope and then came back for Return of the Jedi. I don't think that was the case though. No, just a new hope and then the prequels. Mm-hmm. I think he's all right. I mean, he's fine. He's got his priorities in the wrong place nowadays as far as his direction goes because it's more on information and less on providing a vibe. You know, I th- I think he was more in the vibes camp back in the seventies with American Graffiti. But I, I don't think he's a bad director or anything. He's just old. He got old. That's it. He got old. He got wowed by technology, and all these guys do. And that combination is not the most watchable thing in the world. Well, also, he got so much money that I guess that also kind of kills your want to do other things, I guess. When you have something as big as Star Wars, if you're, uh, I don't know, I like, it, I don't I, well, I don't let, let yeah, me yeah. let's rephrase that real quick. So he didn't have money and then he had money. And a, I think a lot of money. Yeah. It's and, not it's not like he went from, you know, barely scraping by to oh now I have a million dollars. No, mm-hmm. he real money in the eighties. Uh so I don't I don't maybe he was just lazy and didn't didn't care because he just has that money that's never gonna end. He he does shoot things for himself, right? He does that um Vincent Gallo thing. That's what he says. Yeah, he he shoots movies and he has no intention of ever releasing them. And he probably does get very good stars because, mm. you know, why wouldn't you if, if he's offering money? And, you know, obviously he's not like a, the best director. I think he was struggling to get some real actors toward the end with Red Tails. Because who, who did he go to? Cuba Gooding Jr. when he was down on his luck. Um, with, with George Lucas, and I think this might apply to a lot of people, when you don't have money and then you get a lot of money, there is 
it can kill your drive because then mm. you, you're like, well, I accomplished my goal. What else is there? What can I do now? But if you're if you always have a lot of money, I think that's a different situation. And you can navigate that a lot easier. Like Donald Trump always had a lot of money, what I consider a lot of money. And in spite of that, he's still very ambitious and looking to build upon his legacy. But when you don't have that, it's probably the most fulfilling thing in the world to suddenly have hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. and to be able to do anything you want to do with that money. But I, I think it's, it, it's also weird, though, because so in the 80s, he already had that maybe not as much as he has now. But in the 80s, he was at least producing interesting things. Right. Mm -hmm. So Indiana Jones. Right. That's another shitload of money that you got with that. And I'm sure continues getting money for it. Uh, Labyrinth, uh, Howard the Duck, which was a bomb. But I mean, it's cr like a creative endeavor, I guess. So. He was doing things like that. Uh, Willow, uh, uh, you know, at least he was producing things and uh, outside of, of Star Wars. And at least he was, you know, producing creative weirdo things that might be successful or not. Mishima is another one, right? Yeah. That's a very, very ambitious. And then he just stopped. And I wonder why. Like, I understand maybe not wanting to direct something because everything that comes with that. But the producing, like, I, I, think I wonder he did why great, he stopped. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he did a great job at being able to direct without directing. Being the central voice of any given project as a producer and roping people into the stable and still having control to shape what his vision for the thing was without having to people manage. And that was really his skill. I think he excelled as a producer. Mm -hmm. And as a director, that's where things got a little wobbly. Like it must also be frustrating to, you know, just be continually successful, but you, you really peaked in your, your twenties or so, or when did he direct American graffiti and star Wars and THX? Was that late twenties or early thirties? Uh, well, that was, let me see. American graffiti was 73. And when was he born? He was born in 44. So he was already what? 29. Yeah. When he did American, he's five seven. That's hilarious. Damn, he should uh, fight Wendigoon. <laughs> he should fight Wendigoon. Uh, American Graffiti, yeah, seventy three, and then that's that's it. A New Hope, seventy seven. So he was in his early thirties, I guess. But I, I don't know. I find it very weird that he was producing a lot of other things, non Star Wars related, in the eighties, and then he just you just have Young Indiana Jones. In the Which 90s. I had learned through um, some documentary I watched about young Indiana Jones. Like that was a thinly veiled attempt at him trying out different uh, camera technologies and special effects. Like if, I guess if you go back to the special effects of that show, it was him having a playground to toy with that. That would be uh, self-facilitating because it would make its own money and, and cover its own expenses. So that's, I guess, what that was. He might just be a guy like James uh, James Cameron, excuse me, that is more interested in the technology of filmmaking than filmmaking itself, which maybe you get to that point and you do trans... Like, again, maybe if you've succeeded to such a significant degree like both of those guys have, you just kind of 
swap lanes into becoming more interested in advancing that medium than contributing to it. Jesus. I thought these were like episodes of a series or I, I even thought it was animated. There's so many young Indiana Jones, I guess, made for TV movies. Hour no, and no, a half. It, it was a full, I mean, I, maybe they did some made for TV movies, but no, it was, it was a TV show. I remember it being on, it starred Sean Patrick Flannery from Boondocks yeah. Saints as young Indiana Jones. It was, um, it was on like Saturday mornings, I believe on ABC or NBC mm -hmm. or one of those networks. But like, look, so you have the series, which is this one, right? 22 episodes here. But then these are all TV movies. Yeah, they, they probably an did. Hour, an hour and a half. They probably did do quite a few. I, I, I do recall that they released some of them on video as well when they re-released the Indiana Jones films in the late 90s. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not as well-versed on the history of the young Indiana Jones, but... I'm sure an somewhere in there. I have no interest in revisiting it. I'll be honest with you. I was often bored by it. So, I Can you imagine I watched, I, watched, I watched the young Indiana Jones before Indiana Jones that I've never seen? <laughs> well, you got to watch them in order. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Prequel s series of seven young Indiana Jones movies before I watched the original trilogy of Indiana Jones. Did you, uh, did you I see mean, Dial of Destiny? No, nah. I haven't seen any, any Indiana Jones, anything. I've seen clips. Oh, I've right. seen I've, scenes. I've, yeah. I remember you saying we were originally going to do the Indiana Jones, tr the original three films, and uh, we never got around to it. And I'll be honest with you. I yeah. have very little interest in, well, I would, I would, I'm kind of interested in checking out Temple of Doom. You know, that was my favorite <laughs> as a kid. And people always said, up, oh, yeah. that one's bad. That one's like the return of the Jedi of the indiana jones movies but is that the third one that's the second one. Oh, raiders of the lost ark was much more adult themed i guess and then temple of doom they realized their audience was 10 year olds and they really i mean they, i think they always knew that their audience was 10 year olds but you know putting that kind of movie out in the early 80s you can gear it towards adults just fine and then temple of doom comes out and it's more of a like a batman forever type deal like Let's scale it back some. Let's make it more kiddish, kid friendly. Mm. Right, Ewoks. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Mad Max Three. I never right. saw Mad Did Max Three. To be honest, you never saw Thunderdome. No, it, it's. I, I actually come to think of it, I don't think I've seen any of the original Mad Max films. Oh shit! I mean, they're good. The first two, I think the third one it suffers from the same thing where now Mad Max needs, needs help from a band of children and they save the day. Hmm. But the first two are pretty good. Okay. Uh, I saw them recently. I, I think I, because uh, uh, Fury Road, uh, when that came out, I was like, I'm going to watch the original ones uh, just to see, because it's another um, series of movies that I wasn't very familiar with other than what's known, I guess, from references or whatever uh their first two were mel gibson's really good very young very fresh-faced mm -hmm. uh and the third one does suffer from from bad where it's like oh well now children are the heroes and uh, the badass hero that fought a bunch of of uh criminals murderers and rapists on the first one well now kids save the day of you know? course 
You always got to take that, especially if it's in the 80s, you know. Yeah. They have to take that turn at a certain point if it's a franchise. Um, All right. Why don't we kibosh the episode on that note? Uh, Subscribe over on patreon.com slash Laura's in the $5 tier order. Subscribe to our Spotify and Apple podcast feeds. Just type in Laura's bang, and I think it'll come up. I think it should come up with that. Uh, If it doesn't, go to ForgottenGenres.com slash B-Bang. You can do that there. All right. That's been the episode. 